Carol, can you believe you're about to listen to the season three finale? I honestly cannot. And I'm sad. I'm going to miss you. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Before you start the episode, though, quick reminder. This season is sponsored by Happy Buddha Hemp. And you can use the code BEYOND to get 30% off your order. Okay, now breathe, light a candle, connect your chakras, and get ready to enjoy the season three finale of BEYOND! So I'm the medium... Mike's the comedian, but Mike has thought that he's psychic his whole life. And so there's a part of him that wants to explore whether or not he's psychic, and we're going to find out tonight. He was a flapper in a past life. He's a comedian in this life. He's got a podcast about it, everything he loves. Magic, magic, psychic, psychic, mediums, astrology, Hi, I'm Mike Kelton, and you're listening to... Hi there, Carol, and welcome to the season finale of Beyond. Today's episode tells the tale of my recent quest to answer a question I've had throughout my Moonside journey and pretty much my entire life. Because for as long as I can remember, I've experienced some things that you just can't really explain with the logical mind. From a timely and comedically spooky visit from my grandpa's spirit on the night he passed while I was in college. And I feel a squeeze on the back of my shoulders and a cool rush of like energy go down my body and in a second i just instinctually knew that it was my grandfather's spirit and the next morning i woke up and i called my dad to tell him and my dad told me that my grandpa passed in the middle of the night to many foreboding feelings about places spaces and furniture including you guessed it the haunted dresser so i showed it to you and you Hated it. I really didn't like it. You thought it looked like it was a, a prop, right? I saw that dresser and I honestly felt dark energy. And to heighten senses in haunted spaces that have somehow allowed me to tap into ghost stories before I've even heard them. As soon as I walked in the apartment, I instantly felt unwelcomed. Mm-hmm. I felt hot upset. Oh shit, Tracy. And like there was a fe- an older female oh my presence. God, Tracy. And all of these synchronistic and uncanny supernatural moments have made myself and others wonder. Am I gay? Sorry, am I a psychic? And while I've wondered if I'm psychic, I've never taken it seriously enough to actually explore until A recent call with my good friend and resident podcast psychic medium, Asa Hoffman, where he offered up a real, tangible way for me to actually find out. That's right, Carol. He graciously invited producer Tracy and I to visit him in Paonia, Colorado, to learn more about being a psychic, to work with me on my potentially sixth sense, and even get the opportunity to test out my psychic query live on stage with a room full of strangers. It took me 
less than a second to say, are you fucking kidding me? I'll be there, sweetie. But I had one condition because I knew if I was gonna do this, I needed proof and a way to authentically share this story with you, Carol. So Asa agreed to record the entire thing and poof. Here we are at the start of my very own curiously psychic journey where I get the answer to a question that could literally change my life. And I guess my husband's? I'm leaving in the morning. Yeah, it's it's 12:18. We're in bed about to turn the lights off and you're like, "Can you do me a favor?" I was thinking can you like look out for a package I'm getting delivered when I'm gone? And you're like, can you can we cl- quickly record something for my <laughs> podcast? And this is me ambush voice memoing my now husband at the perfect time to record your partner for a podcast. Moments before falling asleep. What's your prediction? What's your psychic reading on what's going to happen? You're not going to be psychic. Why? You have terrible instincts. What? That's so not nice. That's really... You're not going to like hearing that because you're going to think you sound mean. I'm serious. I've been going through these edits. You're not going to like the way you sound. <laughs> you're going to like the way I look. I guarantee it. <laughs> it is my fault. I shouldn't have started recording moments before bed. But deadass, I needed this content. The episode just wouldn't be the same without his salty POV. You want me to be nice? I don't want you. I want you to be honest. I do not think that you're going to be good at this. Okay. You also need to communicate it. I think that's where it's going to be the biggest. Like You might be able to feel something, but how you communicate it is, is going to be interesting. Okay. So I might be able to pick up on things you're saying, but I might not be able to express them in a way that people understand. De- that's definitely true. Yeah, I'm interested to say. I'm interested to say too. All right, you can put your Invisalign back in. Thank you. (laughs) And with Andrew's Invisalign back in and my confidence taking a huge hit, producer Tracy and I set off to the great state of Colorado. Okay, just got off the plane, walking through the terminal. We're looking for Uno Pizza. Yeah, Pizzeria Uno. And after a quick layover in Denver, we landed at the Montrose Airport and were escorted to the iconic Paonia, Colorado by my good friend and psychic teacher for the week, Asa Hoffman. And we'll be up on the marquee after tonight's show. Oh my God. Tonight's Gale Force and then we go up on there tomorrow. That's the Paradise Theater in Paonia, which just so happens to be run by Asa's husband and my dear friend, Michael Cooper who serves as the theater's executive artistic director, bringing some incredible programming to the town, including our show. I'm obsessed with this! So that's our theater. Oh! everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Gayest town in America, Paonia. And after a quick romp through the gayest town in America, we landed at Asa's home, a beautiful retreat-like property nestled in the mountainside of one of the most scenic places I've ever been. So we took some moments to marvel at nature and Mother Uni, of course, and then sat down in his living room to get down to business, psychic business. I'm a psychic and a medium. 
Uh, I have been working with clients since 1987. I work with people in the most authentic way with psychic energy to help them connect to themselves, to their own psychic energy, and to their loved ones on the other side. And before I could start my Hogwarts education, I needed to know the basics. Like, what is a psychic? And what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Here's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Psychic is literally a catch-all term. Mm -hmm. You know, medium is a specific ability which really represents the ability to be a medium between the spirit world and the physical world. So mediums talk to ancestors. Some people will say mediums always deals with people who've lived that are dead. Um, so it's an expression of a psychic ability. So it's not that psychic and medium are different, it's mediumship is an expression of psychic. But so people you have will to be psychic themselves... to be a medium. Absolutely. But you don't have to be medium to be a psychic. That's right. And with an understanding of the basics, I went on to ask Asa to break down where psychic abilities actually come from. Psychic is a language. It is a connecting force of everything that's speaking all the time. Mm. And the psychic is literally the person who knows how to listen to it, recognize it, and bring that forth into the physical sense to deliver that. And just like any language, some people are more adept and will have an easier time learning it, and some people have a more difficult time, but it's still a language that's universally available. I was genuinely surprised to hear that it was something everyone could connect to. Because based on how I experience the world, it seemed like so many of us are too distracted with the noise of everything around us to even come close to tapping into what I thought was a gift. That's what psychic connection is. It's silencing yourself and listening to what's behind the noise of the mind. When we stop and connect at a heart level, and, and not like heart, like, I love you, babe, mm -hmm. but like heart level. And we really oh, yeah. feel one another. Information, we start to know things. We start to feel things. And sometimes it's subtle at first, but that actually grows. And it's really powerful and life-changing. If it was available to everyone, I went on to ask Asa how I, or anyone, can actually start to hone in on their own psychic abilities. We can be in the psychic experience. We don't have to understand everything that's behind it. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the ways that we deepen it is to actually not try to understand it all. Let ourselves acknowledge these experiences and be with them and own them and let them inform us and then we'll begin to understand more maybe what's behind it. And before we got into my own training, I had to ask Asa the million dollar question. You know, do you think I'm psychic? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, like and subscribe. That's the end of the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> Just kidding. Literally, how dare I do that to you, Carol? Okay, back to Asa. I think you're very psychic, and I think that uh, I think you tap into your abilities and have throughout your life. But what I do also think is it's been unbridled. I think it's been a defense mechanism at times. I think it's also been a way to connect at other times. I think your biggest challenge, actually, is going to be not needing to get caught up in the fantastic, mm. is not needing to be psychic, not looking for, like, bringing out that thing that's like, oh my God, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. the name of your dead father, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but really allowing the subtlety of psychic to come through. And because Asa, as we've established, is psychic, I think he was tapping into something super real. And these words really resonated with me because I do feel like I've used these skills as a defense mechanism. Ways to control or understand situations where I may have felt insecure or out of place and maybe you have too. Which is why I went on to ask him how we can hone our psychic powers. Number one, know yourself. Mm. 
So the more we're actually aware of ourselves, the more we become safe in feeling our feelings, good and bad, mm -hmm. you know, and we make space for that without over-identifying with that, our feelings. Mm. So it's making space and being aware of our feelings, but not necessarily living in this identity of like, I'm the sad person or I'm the happy person, but like just being the person. We already are, are connecting with that language that psychic is gonna use because psychic language is a feeling language. It is the language of the heart, but also of our senses. So that's number two, learning to be present and to connect to our senses. Your sense of smell, your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, all of those things, you know, your sense of touch, even subtly, we're constantly getting input this way. You know, tons of input that impacts us way more than we even realize. The more that we're connected to ourselves as sensual beings, mm -hmm. the more we're gonna start to begin and become in tune with our, our psychic. Mm -hmm. Number three is getting a little present and out of our head all the time, right? In our dialogue, where we actually have a little bit more space for what we don't know. Think about, are you the kind of person that has space in your mind for what you don't know? Or are you somebody who needs to know things all the time or thinks you know all the time or is looking for somebody else who always knows? Like, are you living in a factual black and white world? Or are you living in a world where, of course, you wanna know what you do know, but you have space for what you don't know? But first it's gonna start with instincts, then it's gonna affect your intuitive. But if you marry these all together, eventually it's going to allow yourself to be more psychic on that level. And that's your Psychic Training 101 from the guru himself, Asa Hoffman. Happy studying and hit me up when you can bend a spoon with your mind because it will be on the midterm. Jokes aside, I was so into his pointers and felt like a lot of the work I had already been doing along my moonside journey, calming my mind, being present and in my body, made me feel even more prepared for this kind of thing. Which is why when Asa went on to walk me through a grounding and connecting exercise, Let's just say, I was really tapping in, Carol. So we can do one where we actually create a point. You bring your eyes together and create a point. A few, like about, let's say, six inches in front of your eyes, right? And just visualize a point of light there. So Asa brought me through this incredible sensory exercise that helped me quiet all the noise from the outside world and center myself, aligning all my chakras. And now imagine that that point of light goes back into your head in a straight line to the center of your brain. Grounding myself deep into the core of the earth. Oh, you know what's crazy? I feel like I'm a tree. I literally was like, I was like, oh, and now I'm swaying like a tree, but I'm rooted into the earth, so it's fine. It's, it's like, I don't have to just sit here. I'm actually, I'm actually below here. And once I was firmly connected to the deepest part of myself, and I guess, the universe. We sent my psychic router to plug in to the best Wi-Fi I have ever experienced. So now I want you that you've done that. Mm -hmm. We're now now we're grounded in our body and we're grounded with the earth. So mm -hmm. we're plugged in and we have the uh, the electrical resources to hold this kind of psychic mm -hmm. energy. Now you can do it from within your heart from the groin mm -hmm. or at the top of your head, whichever point, because wherever the starting point is, but mm -hmm. you're basically gonna go up and out the top, or just at the top of the head. With my energies aligned, Asa guided me to connect to something so much bigger than myself. Now you wanna open up and send your energy to plug into the cosmos. Mm -hmm. But as you're doing it, with that intention of plugging into that source energy of the cosmos, the dust that we're all made of, because honestly, that's what connects us all. Connects us all. Connects us all. Connects us all. 
like a woman at the end of an Herbal Essences commercial circa 2009, I felt incredible. And after I came back down to earth and back in my body, Asa went on to explain the purpose of that exercise and how to actually use it for what I was there for, the show. So what we just did was grounded you with your body, grounded you with the, the earth, and grounded you with the cosmos. And so we really opened you up in a very psychic way. Yeah. Now what you want to do is like, if you were going to then go to give a reading or do something, you're going to add an intent to it. Mm -hmm. And so right now, you, but you can just do this to be more open and be more connected, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. But like I said, you can also use it where it's like, this is great, I have this opening, and one of the things I want to do is ask to be a conduit mm. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the people of Paonia yeah. and to allow you know, yourself to receive whatever is in the highest order for those who are present yes. and to be able to deliver that to them in a way that feels beautiful and healing beautiful. and powerful for them and for those who are around them. And now you've added an intent to this psychic information. And honestly, that intent is a really big deal mm -hmm. because it's, it's really the way you protect yourself. And even though it might sound a bit simpler than one might imagine, this session with Asa really helped me hone in on my connection and how to get quiet and be present enough to actually receive information. Information to give to someone in the audience who might be looking for it. So after about two hours, we closed up our chakra shops and called it a very successful day. Giving Tracy and I a moment to head back to our luxurious bed and breakfast, the Wise Heart Inn, where we shared dinner with the iconic owners, Art and Aaron. So this really has nothing to do with me being a psychic, but I need to give them a quick shout out because their hospitality and kindness really helped both Tracy and I have the best time on our trip. Maybe it's a past life or maybe they're just incredible humans, but they felt like family and I couldn't recommend booking a stay at the Wise Heart Inn in Paonia, Colorado more. Now that you're hearing all about the wonderful Paonia, I can finally tell you that this is where we met the awesome team behind Happy Buddha Hemp. That's right, because of this episode, we connected with the best season three sponsor we could ask for. Happy Buddha Hemp is an incredible CBD company who sources their CBD from small organic hemp farms amongst the mountains of gorgeous Colorado. They're staffed with such genuinely good people who want to bring you the very best that CBD has to offer. Before I met the folks behind Happy Buddha Hemp, I was honestly not a fan of CBD. But once I tried their products, I was hooked. I'm a huge fan of their full spectrum CBD gummies that not only have CBD, but a small amount of THC in them. They honestly help me manage my anxiety, better my energy, and your girl is sleeping like an angel. Plus, their Magic Mender Salve is just an all-around perfect multi-purpose product. We're talking about naturally mending dry skin, bug bites, sore muscles, and so much more. And listen, supporting Happy Buddha Hemp means you're supporting small businesses and supporting the people of Paonia. And we love the people of Paonia. So Carol, you gotta check out happybuddahemp.com and use the code BEYOND for 30% off your entire order. And the code works again and again, so keep using it. Happy Buddha Hemp is here for me and for you, doll. Okay, back to the story. I woke up the next day feeling psychically enthused, but genuinely a bit concerned about turnout. Because what if people didn't even come to the show? 
then I would have no one to read and no way of knowing if I was actually psychic. So Tracy and I met Asa and his iconic husband, Michael, on the streets of the gayest town in America to enjoy some delicious scones and start spreading the news about the show. uh, So we're doing a psychic show at the theater on Tuesday. Mike is a comedian from New York, but he's also the host of a podcast. An aspiring psychic. And basically he called me up and he was like, I want to come on my podcast because I think I'm psychic. And I was like, come on your podcast and talk about being psychic. That's bullshit. We need to put you in front of an audience and see what you can do. So he was like, and and he's a badass enough that he agreed that he's going to do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it was then that I learned that Asa was a psychic, a medium, and a PR girly. We're working together this week, and then in front of people, live, we're going to test out my psychic abilities and see if I'm a psychic. Well, wow. Um, I had no idea. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, we spread the good word with the kind people of Peonia, and I started to feel somewhat confident about turnout. Everyone, show tomorrow. Because we quickly learned that Peonia was almost like the Woodstock of the West. Paradise Theater, 7 p.m., am I psychic? This town has a magical and spiritually curious draw to it. To put it plainly, I was in a place with my kind of people. So that night, when checking out at the local grocery store, I started chatting with the clerk, Misty, telling her why we were in town. We genuinely connected for a couple minutes, so I, of course, invited her to the show. And I don't know why, Carol, but that combo with Misty really registered. Something about connecting with her made me sit with how big a deal it was to give any kind of message to someone looking to receive one. Which is why, on our drive back to the Wise Heart Inn, I noticed an uneasy feeling creeping up. One that genuinely made me start to second guess the entire show. I guess what I'm thinking is like, is it, how responsible is it of me that someone who might be coming, wanting to connect with her sister, you know, and like, or like, I I don't know why I think her sister died, but like wanting to connect with someone and is really looking for a connection. And I might say something, I might... Be, I'm gonna be authentic the whole time. I'm not gonna lie. But like, what if I am like, I'm seeing like big curly hair, and it like, it's she thinks it's her sister. And what if it's not her sister? And what if I just kind of like play along because I'm not gonna be like no. And then like I kind of give her this like fake message from about her sister, who like has passed and she has trauma about. It just feels like a big responsibility, and I'm genuinely feeling like, um, can I do this? Is this responsible be for to do this? Like, is this actually not funny anymore? And this is an important part of the story because on this car ride back to our inn, everything hit me like a ton of bricks. Similar to my dive into hypnosis, I had a sobering realization that for me, this exercise might be funny and great hashtag content for the podcast, but to someone coming to connect with a past loved one, the words I say and the messages I relay could have a profound impact. If there's anything that making this podcast has taught me, it's the nuance and emotional weight that grief can hold, even though I'm an end queen. What if I say something that really affects how someone feels about their dead relative? I wasn't ready to handle that responsibility. And genuinely, I started to completely unravel, which is why the next day, at our dress rehearsal. The other thing that I remember this morning is I think we need to have Kleenex available because people yes. might cry. Yes. So, oh, yes, absolutely. And that's, do you want that? 
When Ace's husband Michael reminded us that we would need a Kleenex because it might get emotional, I knew I needed to come clean to Asa about my genuine concern. And I got very nervous. And we were driving back and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this because it is a big responsibility. As fun as this is, as funny as this episode will be, I don't want to be on stage and feel something and maybe it's not right and maybe I'm not vibing with it and someone to be the stakes of like their dead relative, their dead sister, they're there for that. So it's like, it felt so real to me last night. And so I just want to talk to you about like, how do you cope with that? Like you've been doing this for so long and what is, I'm, I'm clearly going to do it. I'm not saying like, I don't want to do it. It just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks last night. Like how real this is. First of all, good. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. It should. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. If you allow yourself to be held by the energy of the room, that fear will evaporate. Okay. Because something bigger will take over. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you'll still be able to improv and bring your personality and, and all of that, right? Like, it's not like you have to stay in some, like, monk mode. Totally. However, it is about, in your body, just staying in, like... This is stuff coming through. Like mm-hmm. I need to not control this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and allow it to come through and really honor it. And then that's one. And then two is really being respectful and mm-hmm. honoring of the person and, mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I don't, I don't actually even know if what's coming through is, is true. But yes, this is what's coming through. And if I may share it with you, and you can even ask them. And so in doing so, you're inviting them to participate in that, you know. And I'm so, so glad I expressed myself because not only did Asa validate what I was feeling, but he reminded me that even in the work he does, he's channeling messages, but in no way telling people definite things to do or change about their lives. Which, I gotta say, made me have even more respect for my friend and what he does day in and day out. Because it's easy to get caught up in the modern pop culture version of psychic. Be it a loud, iconic woman from Long Island or a vintage late night TV commercial pushing a woman named Cleo, it's good to remember that these practices and gifts go way back And while it's true that some psychics might be winging it and giving out messages to sell a crystal or two, there's also a lot of genuinely gifted people who are using their talents to help offer healing and peace. And the key is is that our job is to show up, to be authentic, to open our channel, Mm -hmm. and the rest is to allow it to happen and, and to be present for that. And with my nerves subsided, Asa went on to remind me what this show was really about. And that's why I say good, because if you're nervous or if you just have felt the weight of it, not good nervous, but like- I did the feel weight the weight of it. Of it. But feeling mm-hmm. the weight of it is really about allowing yourself then. It's, it's a, it sort of creates a space to surrender. Now just surrender. And with Ace's guidance and encouraging words, I did just that. I surrendered. And so did my bowels. I'm so sorry, Carol. That is probably too much, but here's the thing. I was really nervous and I did blow that bathroom up, girl. Anyway, after that, your girl was ready for the show. Welcome to Spirits Calling. Please take your seats, invite your ancestors in, and get comfy for a psychically comedic experience. So I stood at the back of the theater and watched as Asa welcomed the audience with a ritual and then kicked off the show by explaining what the hell they were about to see. Because we're doing something a little different. So I'm the medium, Mike's the comedian, but Mike has thought that he's psychic his whole life. And so there's a part of him that wants to explore whether or not he's psychic and we're gonna find out tonight. 
And that's a really scary thing, I think, even for a comedian to come in and have to do that. So I just want to ask all of you to help me in creating space as we welcome Mike Kelton. He was a flapper in a past life. And come on, Carol, you knew I would have some entrance music. So, Mike, you have three ways you can start off to start mm-hmm. to do this. And, and one I think you should drop in. You know, yeah. and sort of like let yourself drop in and take a moment if you need to. There's mm-hmm. no rush and they'll wait a second. Mm-hmm. But I want you to decide whether we're going to start with a card and pulling one of the names out of the hat. Do you want to start with some cards on the table? So I grounded myself and felt the energy like I should pick a name out of the large bucket we had on stage. I took a breath and pulled out the name of the very first person I would ever try to psychically read. Um, Joe Bob. And then, wouldn't you know it, a man named Joe Bob, someone I have never met before, stood up way in the back of the theater. Joe Bob, can you just come down from the balcony to the front there? And Michael, can you bring Joe Bob a microphone? And walk down to the front to stand at a mic where we looked at each other and shared a smile right before I began. Yeah, hi, Joe Bob. Hi. Hi. Um, thanks for being here. Um, so can I quickly ask you um, when your birthday is? Uh, five, two, four, six, nine. Five, two, five, two. So May, May 24th, 24th. 1960. You said it in a kind of way that sounded like <laughs> a tax ID number. Um, And after I finished filing Joe Bob's taxes, I went on to literally express what was happening in my mind. Um, um, I'm seeing like little girls running and dancing around, which is the thing that's coming to me. Do you have daughters? I I have a daughter. A daughter. Okay. Uh, Is she like, is she rambunctious? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what, what's coming to me is like there's like a girls like dancing in a field was like the first thing that I saw when I connected. That's probable. Okay, very cool. There's something really special about your daughter. Is there something that connects you? Like maybe you're both, you both, you know, might do the same thing for work or you might, there's something that feels like daughter and father, like it's like daughter and father, like connection, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. Uh, So uh, she enjoys uh, making things up. She likes to uh, build community amongst her friends. Uh And she's a, uh, she's kind of an instigator in uh, uh, mischief. Yes. Okay. That's honestly what I was seeing. (laughs) Wasn't sure if I was grasping at straws. So I wrapped it up and thanked him for being the first and for being so open with me. Do you guys on board for me to pick another? All right. Uh, Donna Little um, Oh, Donna Feifel um, Are your astrological sign? Cancer Cancer And with friends Are you Are you the person That people go to For advice? I am the person That people I haven't even I don't even get Their first name Before they're asking And telling yes. me Their life story mm-hmm. I'm saying that because I, re- I felt I felt 
in you that you were like me, someone who is deeply emotional, but kind of holds other people's care and well-being before your own sometimes? Frequently. Yeah, it's tough, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would later learn that Donna was a social worker, which felt pretty wild to hear, especially because she wasn't giving that energy outwardly. I come from a family of engineers, mm-hmm. and I was the potter, the social worker, and I had to carve my own space for my own being to ex- exist in that family, I think, in, in my um, fullness. And while it felt more like a friend's coffee date bonding over our shared family dynamics, I went on to thank Donna for being such a slay queen. And as you guessed it, I kept the vibes going by picking another name out of the bucket. Elaine B. Immediately upon meeting her, I started to think about food and imagine a gorgeous gourmet meal being prepared. It was like I was watching Chef's Table and I saw incredible food prep in slow motion with the most stunning shots of high-end steaks and freshly grilled veggies being ever so slightly seasoned with a flick of the wrist, which is why I went on to ask. Do you host um, like dinner parties or cocktail parties at your home? Sometimes, yeah. We, we had a dinner series going this last winter. You had a dinner series. Yeah, we initiated. We started it with other friends. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't have dinner series. I mean, (laughs) you're like, I guess I've had people over for dinner. We have a dinner series. Like, (laughs) there's no place to eat here. Yeah. (laughs) Are you very particular about how you kind of curate a meal and a party with people? She's definitely particular. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ace. We actually had a chef do the preparations. Yeah, local chef. Okay, that's, I, I was, I was like, see, I guess I'm, I'm thinking or seeing like a bunch of like specific types of like meats that can only be on a thing for like seven minutes. And if it's 7.30, it's like actually you're ruining the meat kind of energy. <laughs> um, and I was seeing like specific types of wines being poured. Yeah, we enjoy good wines and <laughs> yeah, good local stuff. Yeah, this is you. Okay, I'm going to pick a part. Elaine B. and I went on to talk a bit more about her iconic dinner parties before I somehow scored an invite, which I will absolutely take her up on. And those were the only three folks I read by picking names out of a bucket. Because Asa went on to suggest I do something a bit less controlled. I kind of want you to like look around and maybe even walk if you need to. Take a look at our audience and see if there's anybody you want to talk to. I mean, How does that feel? Are you like feel, okay with doing that? Yeah, are you guys okay with that? Is that okay? And with the audience on board, I started doing what I was born to do. Walk around a theater and feel the energy. Until... So there is a gentleman... Um, uh, no, in front of you. Yes. Sir, with the glasses on your head. Yes, what's your name? Kelly. Um, so I, of course I do love your energy. Um, Ask him if his name is in the, the bucket or he just got randomly oh, yes. called. That's your, is your name in the bucket, Kelly? Uh, it is not. It's not, okay. <laughs> Thank you, have a great night. <laughs> Um, are you uh, are you comfortable? And if not, we can totally sure, sure. Let's do this. Sure, I, I guess I will. I'm drawn to you. What's your sign astrologically? 
Aquarius. Yes, I knew this. Okay, this is it. This is it. This is it. I'm an Aquarius, Kelly. Okay, and I knew it. Okay, this is what's happening right now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Do you want to? Sorry. And Asa felt me spinning into chaos, so he chimed in to calm my ass down and had me drop in, which I did. And then the thing I was scared about all along happened. I'm very nervous to say this, but I feel like there is someone who wants to connect with you and is trying to come through. And it's very nerve wracking for me because this feels kind of super wild. Is there anyone you did come here to, to connect with? You did. And here's where I get confirmation that his wife did come to connect with someone. Um, was there, is there like a silly kind of quirky character that passed that's one of the people you wanted to connect with? Your father. I'm just gonna like relax for a second, if that's okay with you. And it was Kelly's father, who his wife, and I would think himself as well, came to connect with. So I took a breath and remembered Ace's grounding exercise, imagining my feet like tree trunks growing into the core of the earth and allowing my aligned chakras to send all of my energy up and into the cosmos. When your father um, passed, was he living with you guys or were you visiting him to like stay with him for a period of time? He, he came here to live with you in his last days. Um, in that time, were there things that you did for him? Okay, Carol, here's what was happening in my mind. I was seeing, feeling this scene where Kelly, his wife, and some kids were in a living room with a makeshift bed where Kelly's dad was laying. And then, even though it's a bit embarrassing to share... I don't know why I'm seeing feet. Like, this is very strange. Like, did you rub his feet? Kelly kind of laughed and said he did not do this. And then, you know what? <laughs> That's actually beautiful for you, okay? That's great. I guess what I am, uh, he might have wanted you to rub his feet. The reason I was harping on this was because I was having a clear vision or scene in my head where a man on a makeshift hospital bed in the middle of a living room was having his feet rubbed in a gentle and really caring way. Which is why Kelly went on to explain that he couldn't walk when he first came here. Um, so there was like something with his legs a blood circulation or an, an, an inability to use them, which, at first, which required some type of, did someone massage his feet or legs? And I really wouldn't give up this foot massage moment because it felt like the clearest visual I was seeing, which Asa soon chimed in to remind me that. So there... sometimes, Mike, the symbology, the feet are just telling you that there was something going on there and you got it. And I think that, what helped him walk again was love. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like you're really tapping in and I think you're so, so on the mark in a certain way, but I think you're feeling like you have to get to something literal and not recognizing that like, dude, you're like, like you're in the pocket and not letting yourself rest in it. So you've got it. Like his feet, like when whatever it was, it wasn't actually his feet, it was his mobility. And, and this is somebody who lost mobility, right? And, and that mobility affected his nervous system in different ways. And so, and so in a certain way, 
it's like love helped to restore that nervous system, but also maybe a little better care than he could give himself before he got to your house. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Carol, Asa is definitely psychic because he came in at the right time to give some helpful framing for these obscure visuals I was getting, helping to make sense and give a sweet message to Kelly about a pretty sensitive time in his life prior to losing his father. And that was really nice to hear, but not as nice as when Kelly decided to give me a message at the end of his reading. Yes, yes. Kelly called out to me and said, I knew you were an Aquarius too. Oh my God, obsessed with you, thank you. Let's go to for Kelly, everybody. Thank you, that's so sweet. So I walked back to the front of the stage, feeling like I had really found my Aquarius tribe, ready to join Asa and debrief. So how did that feel, Mike? And I know you had to get your microphone, but how are you feeling? <laughs> It's really, it's a, it's a wild feeling. It's also exhilarating. And I like, um, yeah, it's very nerve wracking because I, I recognize the, the, the gravity. And then Asa went on to ask the question that was on everyone's mind. Yeah. I do want to know, like, does anybody think Mike maybe has some psychic ability now that we've like watched? What do we think? You've got some oh yeahs out there too. Yes. That's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and with a solid 70% of the audience on board to join my cult, I went on to wrap up the show and remind them that we could, in fact, keep the party going. And without any time to process what just happened, I joined the kind people of Peonia at the front of the theater to share some cocktails and debrief. I was even lucky enough to connect with each person I read and get a bit deeper into some of the things we chatted about. Without getting too personal into information they didn't share publicly, it was during these conversations that I realized some of the readings were more impactful than I initially thought. After the crowd had gone and the theater was locked up for the night, I took a breath and was like, what the actual fuck just happened? So I asked Asa, what the actual fuck just happened? For me, it was very exciting to watch. I liked watching you come alive. And it I was like, crazy. I told you all you don't be psychic. It was wild. It was, it it was, was fun wild. to also see you being psychic in the way that you were, which was different yeah. than I would have known. Yeah. So that's really cool, too. And it was that was new for me. Uh-huh. To be like, oh. I mean, I've had that when I've like more mentored somebody in readings or something like that, and I learned their style. Yeah. yeah. But this is different. I've never mentored somebody on a, in a performance. Wow. Type of an atmosphere like this. And yeah. so it was interesting to go on that ride together. You know that feeling when you get off of a roller coaster or finish a hellish workout? You just kind of feel shell-shocked and like you have to catch your breath? Which was still the case the next morning. Yeah, well, I mean, I know what the experience was like. Well, I actually don't know. I'm genuinely still processing what the fuck happened. Like, I feel bananas. When Tracy and I cobbled together this debrief on our way back into town for some much-needed iced coffee. I feel I feel like unhinged. I'm still processing. But from your perspective, Tracy, what was it like to, I guess, watch me walk around a room it and was, tell people stuff I'm feeling? I said there was a moment. There was a moment where you got to Kelly and you said something. You go, I'm seeing feet, and like I truly felt like I was watching something like that isn't. I can't explain. Like when we go back home, yeah, there's a video of it. Being in the room, uh, when we go back home, it's like, it's like, yeah, I saw it. No, I saw it live. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, I saw it happen live. Like I. 
Tracy and I wrapped up our trip by meeting Asa and Michael in town for one last meal before heading home. And on our flight back, as if the universe was reminding us of what New York had in store, we were seated in the last row of the plane and perpetually blessed by the lingering smell of shit from the bathroom. So I plugged my nose, opened my heart, and started to emotionally unpack what I had just experienced. Working with Asa reminded me of how powerful quieting the mind and opening yourself up to the universal language of psychic can actually be. Meeting the people of Peonia and getting out of my New York bubble was super refreshing. I found myself, for the first time in many years, loving connecting with strangers and seeing the beauty in a different way of life, one much more connected to nature. Something, even as I'm recording this outro, I'm still trying to find more of. And most importantly, doing that show and feeling the end in that theater was fucking awesome. Even though I started the show full of anxiety, I ended feeling like a pretty funny person and honestly, a goddamn psychic. Listening to the audio months later when putting this episode together, it's hard not to hear how joyful and genuinely meaningful this experience was for me and for the folks I connected with. Can I scientifically tell you that the things I relayed were messages from the cosmos? No. But did they spark real connections that made me feel cosmically tied to people I had never met before? Hundo P, babe. So what's the answer to the question that sparked the trip? Yeah, I think I'm psychic. And honestly, I think you are too, Carol. Because as I've learned, we all have the ability to quiet our mind and connect to the language of the great beyond. It's just a matter of how you learn to communicate those connections, just like my friend and mentor Asa taught me. But sitting on that plane, unpacking these things, I wasn't so sure about the future of my psychic endeavors as I had many other things on my mind. As soon as I landed back in New York, I got thrown into the final months of wedding planning and the last leg of my moonside journey. As you may have heard, Carol, my moonside journey taught me to not shy away from the parts of myself that felt off-brand or out of character. It was a journey that forced me to get curious about those feelings instead of doubling down on being the fun guy who gets over things quickly. And that curiosity allowed me to get to know another side of myself, a side I've really grown to admire. Because he's comfortable speaking up for himself. He's okay setting boundaries. He's not always responsible for breaking the tension. And he's definitely never inviting any nosy neighbors over for Andrew's homemade hummus. So once I had a moment to take a breath and ground myself, again, like Asa taught me, I thought back to that show in Peonia. I'm seeing like little girls running and dancing around. I felt Standing on stage, getting messages, and relaying them to people open and curious to receiving them. Is there anyone you did come here to connect with? It was absolutely magical, but it also felt like something for other people and not for me. In fact, it felt like an easy way for me to fall into old patterns of people-pleasing, of making myself 
readily available for others without thinking of what I might need first. This unexpected takeaway reminded me that I really was at the end of my Moonside journey, and maybe even a larger one. Asa said that my biggest challenge would be not needing to get caught up in the fantastic, because Carol, there's a high probability that Mike from season one definitely would have. He would have finished that show, added Psychic to his Twitter bio, and then opened up a Psychic storefront in the West Village with a cute pink neon sign saying something like, Mike's a psych! But for now, for this version of Mike, I'm keeping my Psychic abilities for myself and maybe a dinner party guest or two. Sorry, dinner series. Dinner series, Elaine. It's a dinner series. Exploring the beyond for almost six years and three seasons, I've realized that seeking answers outside of myself has given me some magical connections, wild realizations, some pretty incredible stories, and ultimately, great context to the life I'm tangibly living on a daily basis. And that life, the one I think about right now as I'm recording this outro, is one that I'm super grateful for. I'm grateful for my friend Asa. Now that I've barely walked two hours in his shoes, I have an even deeper respect for what he does. I'm grateful for my skeptical and logical husband, our haunted dresser, and our Brooklyn home full of ghost plants. They're ghost plants because I've killed most of them. I'm grateful for every person who shared their story this season, every expert that helped me with their knowledge, and every artist who shared their magic with this podcast. And most importantly, I'm grateful for you, Carol. Your willingness to come along these journeys with me throughout the past three seasons, your personal messages and thoughtful reviews have made me feel, oh, so much more comfortable sharing some extremely personal things into this microphone, which have in return helped me grow as a person. So thank you. You have given me someone to share the most authentic parts of myself with. And I've genuinely loved sitting here with you on this metaphorical park bench, sharing our now empty iced coffees together. So thank you for listening. And thank you for being my Carol. And stay tuned for more because your boy is psychically feeling like this isn't a goodbye. What the cosmos is actually giving me is more of a goodbye. This episode of Beyond with Mike Kelton was brought to you by Mike Kelton Productions, presented by Happy Buddha Hemp. Executive produced by Mike Kelton, Tracy Soren, and Alex Ramsey. Directed by Tracy Soren. Editing by Mike Kelton and Tracy Soren. Written by Mike Kelton. Additional writing by Tracy Soren. Sound design and studio engineering by Brian Flaherty. Music and theme song by Henry Kapersky. Theme song vocals performed by Katherine Thomas. Beyond with Mike Kelton thanks Forever Dog Productions for their continued support. And of course, Mike thanks all of his spirit guides, crystals, and honestly, Key Lime LaCroix for making this season possible. <laughs>